on the left side. Stone to the right, back in front, they score! Tic-tac-toe to Donov, back to Stone! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Theodore finds Wah in the slot. An overtime hero against Montreal. Sets it up for Theodore, he scores! Vegas wins in overtime! Shea Theodore, the hero! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millar and Ryan Wallace. Let's get at it. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show will bring you one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, some uh, information regarding suspensions in the NHL. Also tell you where the Arizona Coyotes are going to play next year. It's official. And uh, some injury news uh, to bring you up to date on. Darren Lard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Uh, time to get into our ratings of last night's 6 nothing decision of the Calgary Flames over the Vegas Golden Knights. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. Should we even bother? Or should we just rubber stamp this yeah. one? No, no. All right, Chapman. You've you've got to establish a rating, Darren Millard. All right, well, because I can't give it pepper seeds, like in the <laughs> ground, because if I could give it a zero, I would give it a zero. The total amount of goals scored by this team last night. I can't win if you can't score. Doesn't matter about the goalie. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's You'd terrible. Be surprised. You'd be surprised, Chapman. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, it's it was terrible. It, it was probably the worst game. Actually, I'm taking the probably away. It was the worst game they've played all season. It was worse than a bell pepper. I don't even know if there's any pepper on the scale that's worse in terms of heat than a bell pepper. But whatever it is, it's that. Well, you went scorched earth. Well, I mean. Should 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 I not have gone scorched earth? Well, you, you should, should I have should I have found the positive? Well, the rating was one thing, and then you like just doubled down on it. Well, I mean, there's there's no positives to to pull from it, Darren. I'm I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm uh, not sorry if if Nolan Patrick scores on three of his chances, then it's a close game. But doesn't matter. He didn't. <laughs> right, Ryan. What do you got? Okay, uh, Darren, you astound me on so many levels in so many different ways. Um, always, like, you know, your, your kids are lucky because you find the positive outlook on a lot of different things. Um, my official rating is milk, and it's milk because we talk about the milk. pepper scale in, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get to it. It'll make sense in a minute. So we talk about the pepper scale in terms of degrees of spiciness, right? Bell pepper, the least spicy of the peppers, all the way up to the Carolina Reaper. Well, when you have a game that's so bad, it's the antithesis of spice. It's the thing that you need to drink to consume when things are too spicy to mellow everything out. That's what last night was for the Golden Knights. It's uh, below a bell pepper. It is milk. I, I don't... It was a one. It was a bell pepper. It was it was bad. It wasn't good. But you guys, mm -hmm. you guys are really digging down deep to to make this mm -mm. even no. more lethargic than than it was. I it know was, you're. It was, you're... It, was a, it was a bad game. I I would put it right up there with the L.A. game in in game number two in in similar. Fashion we didn't have the pepper scale then. I know, but but it that's. It's on the same level. It wasn't good. It, it, it uh, they didn't take care of the puck. They didn't defend very well. There was a um, uh, lackluster feel to the to the game uh, as as it went along. Uh, and 
pushback. Uh, the the only thing that uh, that I can say is 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 Nolan Patrick did jump up and, and make a couple of plays and and I I mentioned mm-hmm. in in our number one that that Shea Theodore made a couple of plays uh, along the blue line but still from from a defending point of view against uh, a team that we expect to be in the mix for a top three position in the Pacific Division uh, it it was it was not a it was not a good performance so I Bell Pe- Bell Pepper, one out of five. Mm-hmm. That's that's good enough. Yeah, by, by the way, I'm looking at the Scoville rating, and Sweet Bell Pepper is the most mildest. It's a zero on the Scoville rating. Really? Yeah. Pepperchini actually uh, is the second. Hmm. So if you had to pick a positive, <laughs> if you had to take a positive, give, give, give me some some love here, you guys. There there had to be mm-hmm. something that you you saw out of last night. You want to know the positive? Yeah. They didn't lose seven to nothing. Wow. That's the positive. Now you're just trying to be cool. I am cool. I don't need to try. Except my kid. My kid doesn't uh, think I'm cool. Verdict's out there. Where? where uh, okay. Like, so, there... so the positive in, in that game for me um, is that it's one game. It's 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 yeah. one 60-minute game, right? Like, I, I don't expect the Golden Knights to have another game like that. Like, I don't expect the, the same type of game from them uh, uh you know next week against the Colorado Avalanche I don't expect that there's going to be uh, more games like this repeated will they happen every now and again sure it's going to happen every team but the positive for me is you know what you you still get a split out of the trip to Alberta and that is kind of uh, the most important thing in in terms of points you, you throw last night's game away and it it's over and done with that's the positive for me I'm I'm not going to sit here and say you know, if this happened or that happened, whatever. The only players that you can look at and say were, were really engaged for the Golden Knights were Nolan Patrick and Shea Theodore in, in moments. Leonard made some saves for sure, uh, but the the main topic uh, going into the postgame show was uh, blaming goaltending because that's just what we do. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not And that I'm wasn't the case last and, night. And, like, let's, no, it wasn't. Let's it wasn't. make sure it, that, it, that we're uh, on, uh, on the record with the yeah. goaltending was I, not the I reason sa- they lost last night. I said it last night on the post-game show. I'll say it again here. Like You're not going to win very many games when you don't score. And if Robin Leonard was lights out phenomenal, the Calgary Flames still probably score three because they yeah. created that many dangerous looks, and the Golden Knights were not scoring last night. It, it just wasn't going to happen. They didn't have it. There wasn't enough pressure. They didn't manage the puck well enough. So if you play that game a hundred times the exact same way, and you get an elite of elite performance from Robin Leonard, you still lose the game three to nothing. Goaltending's not the reason the Golden Knights lost last night, and if you believe that, you're kidding yourself. Well, you you guys both mentioned it in the first segment the the fact that Matthew Kachuk he he literally he could have put a lounge chair out in that spot where he was sitting because there literally was nobody around him. Milan Lucic, you, you mentioned you're talking about the between the legs goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like. Where, where is somebody to put a body on him? I mean, like I said, he, he it was like he went for a vacation on the beach because he had so much time to set up and relax himself before he made that, that ridiculous goal. I mean, it was awesome to see. He uh, just you know, didn't want to see it against your team. But then the level of interest is dissipated See, I, I've, the game. I've never been a, a – I'm one of those people who I don't want to get embarrassed. And to me – even though I do it on this show daily, embarrass myself. When I when I was 
But Plans you do it, it for happens. entertainment. When, yeah, like this, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's when, part of your When shtick. I was playing sports, I used to hate losing. It didn't matter if I lost by one point or I lost by ten points or, or whatever. I hated it. I, I, I would play hard until the final whistle because I don't want to get embarrassed. Are you comparing yourself to National Hockey League players? No, right no, now? but but I, I, I do think there's a sense of pride. And, oh, there is, but and, there's and, also like like this one's over. Yeah, check I, it out. I, I, and I, and I've seen teams do that, and and I guess maybe I'm I'm just a firm believer in I'm not going to allow a guy to embarrass me like that. I I give them more of a pass on that than I do on I'd like to see a little bit of pushback and and in your face and chirping and swatting and just showing that you're you got a well, little bit of life. The, the, the I guess one, they're they're one and the same. The the one aspect of this is that. 555 Saddle Dome Rise has been a house of horrors for this team. And you mentioned it in the first segment, Darren, that they've been blown out in this building multiple times. I don't know what it is about that building, but I mean they've 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 won some games there, but they also have, have been beaten there badly. And and I don't know if it's a mental thing or or, or what it is about going to, to, to that building, but it's it's like a West Craven. Is is involved somehow idea. because it's a nightmare every time they, it it seems like every time they play there it, it's it's like Jason is lurking around the, uh, the the locker room. Wow, you've gone with a lot of different. Did, did I did I throw I enough horror movie no, no, cliches he went, in there? He went lounge chair, beach chair, <laughs> West Craven, yeah. and there was something else I'm forgetting. Jason, Jason, yeah, so, so, Jason so, in so, there. Matthew all, Kachuk, all in that little drop. Matthew Kachuk was like Weekend at Bernie's, since I'm throwing out mm-hmm. 80s movies. Why not? I'll throw Weekend at Bernie's okay. out there. And, and, and then Nightmare on uh, Saddle Dome Rise. It, it, it's terrible. Are you now you're showing off that you looked up the address? I had to, yeah, because because yeah. I was going to. I I had planned <laughs> on using that. Thanks for calling attention to that. I, I let I let it go the, the first, first time, time. Yeah, but now you're just trying to show off and prove to people that you got the address by Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh. So, Saddle Dome Rise Southeast. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Chapman. But didn't you just say that you don't want someone to embarrass you? Hey, it's okay if I embarrass myself, but <laughs> yeah, someone else doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, but but Darren just did. Uh, no, no, no. Like, I, I I I gave him listen, a layup. Last night, just not a good game. No. And it, like over the course of eighty-two, what, what are you going to have? Six, maybe. Like even as an elite hockey team. You're going to have six or seven games like that one last night where it's just not there. And ideally, it's not going to be in a big big tilt with the second-best team in this division. Uh, but that's what it was for the Golden Knights last night. It sucks. You move on. You go past it. It's not like this outcome changes my perception of who the Golden Knights are. Uh, you just you chalk it up to everyone in this game, every single player playing. They're all human going to have bad days it's going to be uh, you're going to have a bad game every now and again for the golden knights more often than not it's fewer few and far between then, then let's see how they answer because you yeah i mean your ratings you two your evaluation and then your subsequent ratings made it sound like this team had lost six of its last seven 
And no. this was on the what end. What are you talking of about? No, we are because we gave no, them no, no, a five no. the, the night before. It's 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 all relevant on one particular game. How it's did like they play last night? Waiting it, it, for this. Okay, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't enjoy you're it. You're lumping me in with you're you're lumping me in with Chris Chapman, and hey. I'm not going to stand for that. Oh come on, number one, that's blasphemous. I didn't say it was the worst game they played all year. I didn't say any of that. I wasn't speaking in like crazy you hyperbole. Milk into all it. <laughs> yeah. It's milk, Darren. It is the equivalent of you. Thanks, you, Gilded Jester. You, you just... It is the equivalent of you. <laughs> that was the game. The game is exactly what it would look like if Darren Millard played goal. Like, that is what it was. It wasn't good. I don't even but, like, understand that. I'm evaluating it on a one-game basis. That's all. Yeah, the good news That's is they, they have uh, some time to sit and stew and be angry when yep. they play the Colorado Avalanche. And when they practice, the coach got their attention. Because you can't, mm-hmm. you can't do or mutter or, or think to yourself, "What are we doing here?" Because coach got your attention. I kind of enjoy when I'm at practice and Pete yells. I, I, I think he gets people. Doesn't yell very often. <laughs> no, no, and that's why. Because when when he yells, you know it's it's serious. Like he he doesn't yell a lot. In fact, I'm I trying think... to think of when you would have been there that he was that he was yelling because well, it's there... very very. Uh, very rare. It's rare. it's not common, but I I kind of enjoy it. Like it's it's especially because he's not yelling at me. So when, so when did he yell at you? Never, never. Yeah. But I mean, I've been and yelled at before. Okay. I've been yelled at before by people. So I I I just enjoy when I'm not the one being yelled at. Pete actually doesn't yell very. Like he he gave it to Jesse a couple of times. No, I think he's well, great with it. he's great with the media. He's always yeah. he's always pretty pretty good with us. Even after bad games and bad losses, he's good with us. Does he yell very often? I don't understand what me playing would have uh, had to do with that last night. What was that? No, reference? no, no, milk, milk, bag of milk. Yeah, like like oh, bag of milk. Oh, it, we're back to that now. Now I get it. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand that. Took and, you a minute. Yeah, it's yeah, only it's only been a running joke on this show for two and a half weeks now. <sighs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bag of Milks are very square, very solid. Uh, this team is going to get back at it next week, and they're going to uh, face face a couple of teams that are right in their wheelhouse in Colorado, and they're going to face mm-hmm. L.A., very important teams. So you get Colorado on Wednesday and L.A. on Friday. That That will be a good test. Of where this team is. One, health-wise, Martinez, Eichel, Stone, and White Cloud. And then just the bounce back. You, with this much time between these games, I'm sure every player wished they could have played today. Now, three and three would have been <laughs> a little awkward. But, uh, but I'm sure they all would like to play sooner to get rid of that. And... I almost question how much carryover can there be uh, from a game a week later. Happens in college all the time, but these guys are used to, they hardly ever play uh, games with, with a week week apart. But I know that the the preparation part of it will revolve heavily around that performance last night as a way to motivate and improve and get them uh, on the right track. Colorado, they haven't they haven't faced Colorado in a while, so that'll be that. There should be no issues on that side of it. 
L.A. is going to be an important game just because it's within the division. And that, that's the other thing, is Vegas has been great within the division going into last night. They're 8-4 and four, uh, in the division. Mm-hmm. So yep. an, another reason why that was just a fluky one. Although it was a bad fluke. Just not quite as uh, as as choppy as you guys made it sound to be. Uh, we've got one-timers coming up. Uh, we've got uh, that coaching change that we told you about uh, in Edmonton. A couple of notes on that. Plus the first game for the Montreal Canadiens with uh, Martin St. Louis uh, on their coaching staff and on the bench calling the shots uh, and a couple of suspensions to bring your way. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers presented by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. What's the date today, Chapman? Is it the 10th. Yeah, February 10th. Here's a quote from February 4th. I just feel like in the room, everyone has their confidence back. Everyone's got their mojo back. It's a good feeling in the room right now. That quote from Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers, who today has a new head coach in Jay Woodcroft. As the Edmonton Oilers make the change following back-to-back losses coming out of the All-Star break. Who is Jay Woodcroft? Well, uh, Jay was coached, uh, video coach for the Detroit Red Wings, hired by Mike Babcock uh, way back when. And then he uh, was an assistant coach with the San Jose Sharks for seven years. Became an Edmonton Oilers assistant coach for three years, from 15 to 18. And... uh, then became uh, the Bakersfield Condors head coach for the last four years. He is the new head coach for the Edmonton Oilers, along with the promoted Dave Manson, who was uh, brought back uh, to Edmonton from Bakersfield. That might be one of those ones where we don't appreciate it in the press release as much as we should. Dave Manson can get your attention. Nickname was Charlie when he played. Nickname might still be Charlie. But uh, he's a good good coach, junior, uh, and in the American Hockey League. Heard really good things about how he handles uh, players and his coaching acumen. He was a beast when he played. And he could fight. He could hit. He could play. Really, a really good guy. Uh, I I think that impact with that group in Edmonton is going to go a long way. Now, not taking anything away from Jay Woodcroft, who gets his first chance to run a bench in the National Hockey League, but having Charlie at his side, I, I think adds just a, a little bit of swagger uh, to that to that coaching staff. Swagger is probably not the right word, but um, gives them a, a little bit more foundation. I, like I, I'm fascinated to see what happens now with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, mainly because you know, I, outside of elite talent, elite skill, where's the identity? Like, what what does this team do better than anyone else on the planet outside of they have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl? And that, to me, is kind of the question. When the Oilers figure that out, 
then they will be a team that I think can do some damage. But until then, um, I think that they're going to have mixed results like they've had over the course of this year and like they've had in the past. So back-to-back coaching changes made this week. Montreal Canadiens mm-hmm. and the Edmonton Oilers. And yeah. both go with interim head coaches who have never ran an NHL bench before. Jay Woodcroft has yeah. coaching experience. Martin St. Louis is now behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens. They're playing their first game uh, under his tutelage tonight, down 4-1 against the Washington Capitals. He, he has little or no coaching experience. He was uh, helping out with the uh, under-13 team for his uh, kids' team. Mm-hmm. But little or no. You can sell me on Jay Woodcroft. I have a hard time buying into the Martin St. Louis. And I could be totally wrong. And I know that uh, Mm -hmm. that Jeff Gorton's really pleased with with how he stepped in and took control of the team yesterday and spoke to the team. And and Martin uh, has been around the National Hockey League. He's a Hall of Famer. Everything. But for the Montreal Canadiens, I just, I, I think you need more of a coaching resume than than what Martin St. Louis has. It's got nothing to do with the U13 and, and being a minor hockey coach. Those are those are nice little sound bites that we all use to get cheeky. But mm-hmm. it's just it's the Montreal Canadiens, you guys. Well, I mean Darren in all fairness, it's a it's a hockey team that's won 8 games this year. I know. And like it's not the Montreal Canadiens. It's not this mystique that you've built up in your mind of what the Canadians are. It's a shell of what that organization used to be. So try something a little bit different. Try something off the beaten path. I don't think that, like, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but this isn't your mom and dad's Montreal Canadiens. It's different. It's very, very different. And I think you have to divorce your attachment to that. I don't understand it at all. Uh, Camille Granado named assistant general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. And that's the uh, the second woman hired for that role. That's awesome. And I think it's great. Camille lives in Vancouver. Uh, she's very familiar. She was working with the Seattle Kraken. But uh, but uh, very familiar uh, with that group. And I think it's it's outstanding. I, I love She's got such a great hockey uh, mind and approach and I'm really excited to see what uh, what Cammy does there yeah I think it's awesome um, you know obviously just a, a brilliant hockey mind in so many different ways so uh, it'll be really cool to see what goes on with the Vancouver Canucks I, I do look at you know Bruce Boudreau as being the the, the right fit there as, as far as coaches go and um, you know you you, you you do have some roster questions um, but you know, Elias Pettersson starting to get better, starting to heat up a little bit. Um, I don't think the Canucks are going to be threatening any any playoff position or anything this year, but y- you can you can build around what they have and you can turn them into a, a team that should be knocking on the door of the playoffs here soon. One-timers, uh, let the uh, one-timer segment be the first to tell you that the Arizona Coyotes will play out of a new arena next year. They've uh, secured a place mm-hmm. to play in Arizona, and it will be uh, the new uh, arena on the campus of Arizona State University. It was approved today, and uh, the Coyotes will play there through the 24-25 season with an option for 25-26, which is 
three to four years. Uh, they're going to mm-hmm. pay about $20 million for uh, upgrades to the arena, which seats 5,000 people. They're going to build new dressing room, new training facilities, et cetera, et cetera, because uh, NCAA rules, they can't share that uh, with, uh, with the Arizona State men's hockey team. I, it, it looks like it's going to happen. And I, I probably won't fully believe it until they drop the puck and play a game there. <laughs> but yeah. this is another step yeah. towards it looking like the Arizona Coyotes might spend three to four years playing in a 5,000-seat arena on the campus of ASU. Well, I mean, they'll be closer to a sellout, so that's good, right? I I know. It's it's like we all have these, these little uh, jabs at them. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like... What is happening here? With their well, you, I mean, you know what's happening. This is a market that you don't want to relinquish. Like, you know, we heard from Gary Bettman and over the course of the All Star Game, All Star Weekend, and you know, he talked about different projection models that even in a five thousand seat arena, it could be more revenue than you know where they are right now in Glendale. Uh, you can look at things a bunch of different ways. It, it, it's really about the market of Arizona and, and the NHL's desire uh, to stay in that market because they believe it can be a beneficial hockey market to have the NHL's foothold. So uh, until you have exhausted every single option to keep the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona in some way, um, you keep going down this avenue. And Do you think Alex Morello is the kind owner? Of where we're at when, when they move into their new building in Arizona, wherever that is, whenever that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the same owner as there is now, right now? Because I can't believe the I'd owner. Like to hope. I can't believe the owner would would want to do this, and and could afford I, I mean, to do like, this. I, so, I, yeah, I mean that's a really tough question. I'd like to believe that it is just for stability's sake for for an organization that's been in turmoil forever. It seems. Um, but probably not. No, I, I like. I, I'm with you. I, I think that if, if you're looking at the the prospects of downsizing so much that you're going into a 5,000 seat arena for three years, while you hope to have another arena and NHL facility built, that's uh, a long haul. And, and I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I wouldn't want to do it with my money. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. One thing for me. First of all, actually two things. This is a complete disgrace. <laughs> But the other thing, the Arizona Coyotes, their AHL franchise is the Tucson Roadrunners. Yep. Their arena actually holds nearly 4,000 more fans than where the Coyotes are going to play. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in for a minute. The Tucson Convention Center holds 8,962 people. Arizona State University's arena is only going to hold 5,000. You know who's really disappointed about that? Golden Knight fans, because when they go down there, they're the ones who actually bring revenue to the Gila River <laughs> Arena because they're the only people who seem to show up when the Golden Knights are playing in, in, in Arizona. I just don't... How do you... So the the rink in, in Tempe is going to be privately funded. How do you build a rink for a National Hockey League team at the same time you have no revenue coming in for four years, there's revenue, but how? You think Arizona's getting any better, or can afford to? Well, how are you going to sell free agents on that? Hey, come play in in, in well, the you, college you rink. Can't. 
Yeah, and, and you can't afford to pay There's... anybody. Your payroll is going to be low, and you can't take in contracts uh, that uh, for for players that aren't playing. Those those off right. the the like book contracts that, it, that, that it, like, you can't do that because you can't afford it. Yeah, it's going to diminish their ability to even stockpile assets. Yeah, take right? on like, cash, and and that's that's what that's what they've been able to do, and and why you start looking at the Coyotes and saying, oh, there's got so much draft capital, they're not going to be in a position to do that anymore. So, I mean, long term, I don't feel like this is going to work or make sense for an NHL team to play in a college facility. Like, I just. I don't think it's going to work, but it's very clear that the NHL wants the Coyotes in Arizona. And and, and until every avenue is exhausted, um, they're not moving off of that. Here's the other aspect of this. And, oh yeah, and I, don't, I don't think it's right for, for the NHL. I don't think it's right for the other 31 teams. I don't think it's right for the revenue sharing that, that goes on like if i'm a player in the league i'm i'm, I'm ticked off yeah, well, I'm, apparently I'm angry the owners about it, but... aren't happy either because they they don't want to be they don't want arizona to get the revenue sharing they shouldn't yeah but here's so, the other aspect of this 100 if i am a taxpayer in the state of arizona or more specifically the phoenix area why am i going to want my city my state to take tax money and build this joke of a franchise who have shown zero commitment to winning. Why am I gonna why am I gonna be okay with my representatives giving away tax dollars to this franchise? Who's giving away tax dollars? Well, if they, they get they want, no, 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 they want to build the rink themselves. They're they gonna pay, yeah, they want to pay for the rink themselves. They're gonna build a brand new yeah. eighteen thousand seat yeah. arena coming out of that's, their own that's what ownership says. Yeah. I'll believe that when I see it. Okay. Uh, Minnesota Wild Forward, Marcus Felino has been suspended for two games without pay for kneeing Adam Lowry during a scrap the other night. Two games okay, you guys? I'm fine with it. Mm, probably would have gone one more, but you know, it's not like Marcus Felino has been suspended eight times before in his career. Yeah. Brad Marchand suspended six games for roughing and high sticking. Six yep. games. Yep. Wow. <laughs> well, the he's, aforementioned he's okay player that, that has been suspended eight times in his career is Brad Marchand, the most suspended player in NHL history from a per-suspension basis. Not total games, but uh, he has eight individual suspensions. That leads the league. So at the end of Brad's career, at the end of Brad's career, mm-hmm. and that comes up, yep. are you going... Boy, really? He's the most suspended player? Or are you saying, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't really think of like, him as, 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 I think he's, he's under your skin, but I, I think he's quirky. Darren. But I don't Darren, think of him as he, the he, most suspended player in NHL history. I, that, well, you, I mean, you might. You might not, but it doesn't change the fact that he is. No, that's what I mean. Like, like do you do you look at at him and go, yeah, that makes sense that he's the most suspended player in NHL history based on number of I, suspensions. I would argue that four or five years ago, um, you would you would sit back and you wouldn't even think twice. You'd be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Brad Marchand, like I get it. But over the last 
four years. He's been fantastic and just lighting it up on the score sheet and not really doing ridiculous things on the ice. And, and he's largely been um, quiet from a suspension perspective until this year. This year, he, two suspensions so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, four years ago, it was a no-brainer. He was on this path. He cleaned it up for a couple of years, but this year, uh, kind of back to the same thing. So, so what do you think's um, changed? Like, why why is he back to being his younger self? Um, I I mean this this situation, I think he just didn't want to lose, and like I, I legitimately look at the the incident with Tristan Jari as heat of the moment, heat of the battle, um, pissed off that his team, you know gave away a lead and that they were going to lose that game and um you know loss is cool I, I just i think that that happens sometimes for ultra competitive players uh the early one the slew foot I, I think that if if you're going to kind of pass on pk suban earlier on in the season you probably should pass on brad marchand in that situation so um like i didn't necessarily think the the first suspension was worthy given what's been allowed this year uh but this one it Heat of the moment, he's a passionate guy. Things get out of hand. It happens. JT Miller, arguably the Canucks' best player this year. There's a lot of talk that JT Miller's available. Hmm. New York Rangers seem to be the team that's connected most to JT Miller. Would you trade Capocacco for JT Miller? Yes. You're in the minority on that. Yeah, I would. No, I would. But I, I don't think it's the wrong take. But I was surprised that uh, that so many people were were against that. I'd take a chance on that deal. Also, yeah, I, I I mean, for for the range for the Rangers right now, a team that I I think wants to do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah, I I I'd do that in a heartbeat. Calgary Flames are looking at Tyler Toffoli per reports. Mm. That would help them out. Boy, they're deep, aren't they? Majapani. Yeah, they are. And talk about talk about a player that understands what uh, Daryl Sutter hockey is all about. Tyler Toffoli um, certainly fits that bill um, from his time in, the, in, in L.A. So, yeah, it would be a, a perfect situation because you get depth scoring down the lineup and a player that fully understands what the expectations are going into it. I think I told you guys before that there is a lot of speculation about Marc-Andre Fleury potentially going to Edmonton. We've heard that. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, there was some talk about that, despite having the all-star in Camp Talbot. But just to back, uh, give them some, some more depth there. And also the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals was one that was uh, had gained some, some pretty good steam over the last little bit. But sounds like those talks have fallen off. Does Washington need a goalie? Maybe. Um, kind of. Sure. I mean, like, if you're not sold, you can't really find a better insurance plan than Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but, I mean, like... Pretty good insurance plan. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't know. I, I, as good as the Washington Capitals have been this year, like I don't view them as a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but 
Uh, I think they've lost 10 of their last 15 games. Uh, they're really missing TJ Oshie. Like, I don't look at that team as a team that I think is going to be able to win four playoff rounds. So I, I, like, I don't see it being worth it, but you know, that's me. Vegas faces Colorado next week. Sounds like Nathan McKinnon is going to be ready for that game. In fact, he may be able to play this weekend. Uh, an update on mm-hmm. Jenny Malkin. Uh, he could return for the Penguins against the Devils this weekend. That would be great for Pittsburgh. Nikita Kucherov is is back. Uh, Patrice Bergeron is day-to-day with an upper body injury. And how about this for Jay Woodcroft, the new coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Duncan Keith and Zach Cassian each out long-term. Keith went into the boards last night, and it, I think he was out for a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Cassian, he's gone four to eight weeks with a fractured jaw when he was hit in the face with a puck. He's an important guy for them. And he plays uh, multiple different roles, but he, he's got some skill that, that allows him to, to, to play in different spots. Uh, that, that hurts uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Zach Cassian. That one's going to be tough. Um, Duncan Keith, it, it was pretty scary, and it's you know good to to see that he's going to be okay. And uh, it looks like he's trending back faster than Zach Cassian by what I was able to see. We'll uh, keep uh, an eye on that. Uh, we have uh, giveaways. A giveaway, yes. Uh you can win a six foot classic sub. He doesn't even give me these reads anymore well, because he wants to read them. Well, it's right here. I mean, well, I can't flip yeah, the computer fine. around. No, you could print it out. Well, I don't have, no, no, I actually can't print this out. But you have a chance to win a six-foot classic sub from Four, from Porta Subs and qualify to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. Why are you, why are you reading that like you're Siri? Hey, Siri, read the... <laughs> Giveaway. <laughs> you have won a six foot. Never mind. No, the cadence. Oh, the cadence. That's what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. Not that. Oh, oh, oh my oh, Siri. Now, now oh, you got yeah, Siri yeah. going yep. on your phone. <laughs> I have my Siri, by the way, set, set to a uh, South African accent. <laughs> Just finish the read. Oh, Chapman, come on, buddy. This this is why he doesn't do the reads anymore. All right, Chapman, redo it. All right. You have a you have won a six foot sub, or you have a chance to win a six foot classic sub from Porta Subs and qualify to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. What caller number say you? One. Caller one. All right. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Caller number one. Uh, you have won. We're back with catching up with Chapman next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Christopher. All right. So I have been enjoying the Olympics. I know a lot of people have not been watching or are boycotting or whatever haven't really been enjoying it but i enjoyed watching last night the men's combined in alpine skiing and kind of cool johan strolls he was the winner from austria his father actually won the combined in the calgary olympics in 88 they became the first father-son pair to win olympic gold in alpine skiing but 
Maybe another cool story is Barnabas Zos, who represented Israel in the event. He finished sixth. It's the best ever showing for an Israeli athlete in the Winter Olympics. Sixth place. Pretty damn cool. Very cool. Ski jumping had a bunch of uh, disqualifications. See that? I haven't watched that, no. Because the suits were too baggy. Oh. And apparently, if your suit's baggy, you fly farther. Really? It's like, well, like a parachute. Yeah. Except, I guess, if the wind's behind but you. very different. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty, pretty uh, wild event. That is one event I don't think I would ever do. Ski I'd love jumping. to see you go down. No, 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 no. Would you do it in the water? No. No, absolutely what not. What do you do in a foam pit? I have zero interest in flying that way anyway. <laughs> Luge? Sign me up for that. Oh, I'll sign you up for that. Skeleton, too. <laughs>